This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello. Hello. I am your host, Chris Hambling. And uh, I'm with me today. I have John Burgess and Mark Ross. And I'll talk to those guys in a second. Just the usual bits of admin for you up front. Uh, contact details for us today. You can message us on Twitter. It's including at Whole Radio with your message, and we're twitter.com forward slash Whole Radio. You can send us a message on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Whole Radio. You can give us a call during the, uh, hopefully during the Peterborough discussion, and it's 0208 123 1646. Basically, if you, you haven't had your voice heard or you haven't felt that your points come across regarding that, that defeat of the weekend, then it'd be uh, it'd be great to hear from you while we while we talk over that game in great detail. You can send us a message as well. It's uh, an email, not just a message, an email. It's radio at homesdale.net. Okay. Um, just also worth mentioning is we we've had various things talked about as to whether the game tomorrow will go ahead because of these riots and what have you. We're trying to find out if there's any truth in the fact that it might be uh, postponed because of lack of police or whatever. So if that if we find anything out during the course of the show, we will let you know. Um, you know, it's, it's of course feasible that, that there might be a lack of police. What was going on in the in London at the moment? So we will keep you posted. Um, Okay, I'm going to talk to the, the lads first. We've also got to talk about the uh, first round of the fantasy football, uh, the whole radio fantasy football, but I'm going to leave that as long as I can for reasons that will become extremely apparent pretty soon. Um, <laughs> John, we've uh, we've not had the pleasure of you on, on whole radio for some time. What on earth have you been up to? Um, everything, everything and nothing, to be honest. I've had a, a, a lot to sort out. I've had various uh, illnesses. And um, a lot, a lot of sunstroke. Sunstroke, you say? Yeah, I spent ten hours fishing in Brighton, and all I, all I was wearing as a top was really was a palace shirt. So, uh, <laughs> which it has to be done, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, fifteen mackerel, not really worth the sunstroke. I've got to tell okay, you. Okay, mate. Did you uh, did you miss the football while? Because uh, obviously we haven't seen you this season yet. It's, this is the first one. So have you have you been missing football, or you're kind of sick of it already? Now it's back. Uh, no, I, I've sort of hibernated over the summer, I've got to tell you, with with no England competitions to be uh, really depressed at, and as usual. Um, it's been it's been a pretty pretty boring off-season, to be honest. Yeah, and um, I think everyone else on, on the show has pretty much had their say on this, and I don't want to give you too long, because we did an hour and 45 minutes on the, the other day. But uh, what's your general theory about this new badge business? 
Um, I've got, I've got to say, I'm in the not a fan camp. I think, um, I think rebranding has a time and a place. I think the, uh, the, the timing isn't right. I think it should have been done at the same time as we, you know, potentially move stadium. Mm. And it would have been a great time to rebrand the whole club and say, look, this is something completely new. Um, I think it's just been done at the wrong time, to be honest. And I think the biggest issue I have is that the, the designs on offer aren't great. Yeah, I think that's the message coming through. Those people that uh, that are in favour of it, I'm still very much sitting on the fence, by the way. But those people who are uh, in favour uh, in favour of it in principle aren't aren't genuinely fans of the of the designs that are there. We we talked about it quite uh, quite a lot of length, and you know, every time I look at them, I sort of have a different opinion. I find, but okay, well, thanks for that, John. I'll, I'll better go on and, and find out what Mark's up to. Um, otherwise, he'll get lonely. Mark. Evening, Chris. Evening, John, and the listeners. Sounds pretty painful sitting on the fence. <laughs> I've been here for some time, and there are some <laughs> splinters starting to form. That is true. Yeah. Uh, well, it's obviously you were on our, our show during the week. Um, yeah, it's been a busy was, old week. Mm. It has that was a that was an interesting one. I mean, that's probably your first whole radio extra go, isn't it? I would have thought. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we had the show on uh, Monday, and uh, I was down at Bromley for the friendly. Obviously on Tuesday, mm. we had the extra show about the badge uh on wednesday and then of course match day on saturday so uh and the pre-show last night so it's all been you know normal service has been resumed as they say it's <laughs> <Alice> overload <laughs> yeah okay good stuff mate um all right well let's yep. let's talk about this fantasy football thing hopefully uh well there's, there's 27 of us in it so far everyone's effectively chipped in a fiver um we're using the Texaco uh, league rules, um, and and I mean, let's start because everyone's going to want me to mention this. Um, I am currently twenty sixth out of twenty seven, despite my early confidence. Um, I have one. Hey! Point. I have one point. Um, Who's bottom? I am. Your <laughs> mum is bottom <laughs> on minus one, and uh, Chris once again, is beating I, Mikey's mother. Once again, I have to thank Mikey's <laughs> mum for. Just about knowing less than me about football in general. Oh dear, oh dear. Mikey, who's Mikey's? Uh, uh, do, do you know who's just ahead of me? No idea, Chris. Everyone mm-hmm. else. It is everyone else. Well spotted, John. Okay, good stuff. Well, uh, yeah. Well, Mikey himself is in twenty fifth, of course, uh, which is uh, concerning. Just, I mean, you know, he's still ahead of me. Um, I don't know what to think, really. Uh, a few other uh, sort of key picks, I think, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. Uh, in nineteenth place is is uh, whole radio presenter Matthew Packham um, on five points. You know, struggling down the bottom. Is is it happens? Uh, let's pick out a, a name there, Nigel Deering. Uh, is in 16th place. Hope you're listening, Nigel. And you're, uh, yeah, you've got six points there. Um, John Burgess, I've heard of him. He's uh, he's sitting in a le- joint 11th place with Mark Ross. He's a loser. How strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Burgess bloke, I can't stand him. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone on eight points, loser. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Uh, tall. Uh, okay. <laughs> List- listener, listener slash presenter Nick. Gillard or Nick Gussett as he prefers to be known I think that's actually the name on his wedding certificate um, he is he is just yes. ahead of Mark and John in uh, in 10th place um, a very very occasional whole radio presenter I don't really know where he is generally last I heard he was tweeting from being trapped in Lewisham in the riots but that's Furhad Furhad is sitting in a lofty 6th position with, with 10 points won't last just ahead of Furhad is uh, academy centre back Ryan Innes uh, on 11 points there. Well, to Ryan. Has he paid up, by the way? 
<laughs> no, he hasn't yet, will I? <laughs> Can you believe it? Shaking down with some money there, really. Hey, we're oh. working on a tight budget at the club, okay? We yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If he doesn't pay by, yeah, if he doesn't pay by the end the of the month, yeah, just pay by the end of the month. Give you the rundown right. of the uh, of the top uh, top five. Obviously, Ryan Innes in fifth. We've got Aaron Colhone in uh, fourth. Uh, I know Aaron. Well done, mate. Um, James Dring with dyslexia untied. I think that's uh, <laughs> Bronston Eagle. Well done, mate. You're in uh, third place. And uh, doing the female vote proud <laughs> is uh, Vanessa Reed of Palace Girl Power. She's second on 14 points. I know you're listening, Vanessa. How dare you? Um, and at the top, not content with winning the draw for the away shirt earlier in the season, we've got Tony Moreland. Um, well done, Tony. I'm not happy about this. You're not getting another prize. I will sabotage you in some way, even if it means injuring some players in real life. I'm not having it. Um, okay, brilliant. Well, that's that'll run and run. We won't spend any more time on that while I'm languishing down there. Hopefully, some recovery on the way soon. Um, just to let you know, we've got no news yet regarding a potential cancellation for the game from the club. Uh, as it stands, it goes ahead, but do check before travelling to the game tomorrow. If it's called off, it will be announced on the official site as soon as possible. And thank you to, to Mr. Burgess for getting us that information. Cheers, John. Welcome. Oh, right, okay, fantastic stuff. Well, we're going to go straight into talking about Peterborough. Uh, we're only a minute behind, that doesn't bode well. But just to let you know, later on we're talking to uh, Mike Rankin, who's the announcer at... Um, at, uh, at at the ground, the South Park, that's the place, I know it. Yeah. Where's um, that? Yeah, I think there's somewhere in Croydon, I don't know. Anyway, um, um, he's going to be talking about this idea of uh, replacing the, the goal music, um, potentially, but also have a general chat about his match day routine and, and him as a person. And Obviously, get your suggestions in to, uh, to radio at homestead.net if you've got any ideas of what you would like the goal music to be. We've got a few that's come in already. Um, including uh, no goal, goal music as a suggestion. Um, if you want to talk to us about the Peterborough game, give us a call. It's 0208 123 1646. That's 0208 123 1646. If you've got anything you want to get off your chest about that game, uh, you don't have to have been there. You might well listen to it. But either way, we'll, uh, we'll have to talk to you. But we're going to dig straight into that one ourselves first. And I think... Um, <laughs> The point, the place to start, really, is without doubt the team selection. Now, I'll just say a few little bits about this, really. Let's start with the defence, guys. Um, three out of the four defenders were loanies. Uh, we kept a clean sheet in the first half, um, but second half, we really did struggle. Um, well, I'm going to go to you, Mark, because I don't think you're actually at the game, John, so I don't want <laughs> to give you too much grief. Um, but, uh, Mark... Part time. When you when, yes, when you saw that, <laughs> when you saw the the uh, the lineup for the defence, uh, were you concerned? Um, I was surprised, more than concerned, um, and uh, I was um, surprisingly happy at half time, considering mm. everything. Um, but then uh, it all fell apart in the second half, as we know, and which yeah. we're going to discuss. Um, uh, my only sort of comment on it is that um, I think that there was an opportunity to there to play one of the youngsters. Um, hmm. What, perhaps, instead uh, of fullback? Oh, I, I would have quite liked to have seen Jake Caprice play at fullback. Yeah. yeah. Um, personally, having seen him at Bromley, I know it was only Bromley, but he looked Ooh. quite good to me. And uh, good I didn't know... Uh, um, Quade Taylor maybe 
uh, centre half. Although I didn't think Paddy played too bad. It all no, kind of sure. went a little bit pear shaped. But he had a new partner. He seems to have a new partner. I don't know if he gets through his women like he does his centre halves. <laughs> but I tell you what, he uh, he has to um, adapt pretty quickly. Yeah, I think he's. And they came in so late, didn't they? So uh, yeah. you know, was it Thursday or Friday they came in? I mean, well, they probably well, uh, did. They even train together. I don't. I don't know. Certainly, Ramage travelled directly to. Um, to Peterborough to meet up with the squad, so I mean he would have had a hard time anyway. And he, you know he cleared a shot off the line in the first half. But let's uh, w- well, let's bring John into this, because you don't need to have been there to, to discuss this particular issue. Um, let's say given given that we have David Wright, who by rights <laughs> is a, a right back. I said right too many times already. Uh, he is a right back. Uh, we have you know we have our options in the centre of midfield. Uh, shall we say? Should he not have? Started at right back. Um, I think so. I think I think the thing is that uh, I mean at Bromley when Klein, I think it was Bromley when Klein went off, or was it Bournemouth, wasn't it? Uh, Bournemouth, yeah. And um, they played Parr at right back. Now to me yep. that would have seemed okay, makeshift, but better than putting someone who's never met the rest of the team before. You know, I mean, the the, the problems that we that, that were caused against us were sounded like they came down the wings. To be honest. And yeah. the the centre backs didn't really have that much to do because it was all wing play. It was George Boyd and yeah the, the other lad on the other wing, and it was just it just seemed bizarre to me to put someone in straight in the team who's never played with any of those players before when you have someone who could do a job there. I mean, like, like I say, you got Wright, who as you say is a right back by trade, and mm. Poe who's also a wing back, or you got Caprice. I think there were better options to be honest. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a fair comment. Um, Mark, it would, well, obviously, much maligned is David Wright in the centre of midfield, but he does do a job there. And I know when we spoke to Steve Parrish at the end of uh, of last season, he talked about the, the wonderful job he felt David Wright had done, a, done in central midfield. But um, obviously, you were there as, as well as myself. Um, and I I found certainly, and I know it was mentioned on the boards earlier, I can't for the life of me remember who it was. I think it was illegal on the boards. Mentioned that the second half was very much a case of... Uh, Peterborough playing around our midfield, who who had no, you know, ba- David Wright was effective was was ineffective because the ball wasn't being played near him. So do you you know would you, would you go along with that? Perhaps we should have stuck him at, at right back, or you know, ha- what's your feelings on on right in midfield? Mark, no, I can speak for Mark. Yeah, I don't know uh, what's happened to Mark. No, I'm so here. You, oh, there oh, he you, is. You are here. Did you hear um, that question? Yeah, yeah, I do about right. I, yeah. um, uh, I suppose you know. At the end of the day, no, I don't think it's the correct position for David Wright uh, to play in front of the back four uh, because he's he tended to play sort of like five yards in front of them rather than sort of ten meters in front of them. So it was all yes. too close together, and, and I just big. don't think he was. It suited him, and I think I don't rate him that highly. But uh, I think on that particular for that particular match, bearing in mind the you know the options are available, I think he would have been a better option to play him at fullback. Obviously, he I wouldn't have got a look in if Moxie and Klein had been about. Yeah, yeah, that's but, fair. Uh, I mean, we're, we're talking we're talking midfield. So his midfield partner was was KG. Yeah. Um, there was some talk pre-season, and we weren't too sure about it because of the way you know he's he's built a certain way, should we say? But he looks overweight, and that's coming from me. Um, he. Um, w- w- you w- do look w- fit, mate. 
He did, yeah. I thought I could get a game, actually. He he's looks to be carrying a few pounds. I know he's had his injury trouble pre-season, but I don't think this is helping. And, and he certainly... I mean, obviously, second half, the whole team was uh, was under a lot of pressure. So, I mean, yeah. What your what your thoughts on KG? Did he look fit enough to be in that midfield alongside Wright? No, he was carrying excess timber as far as I was concerned, and uh, he was just chasing shadows all all game. He really was. He just he just did not look fit, and uh, I don't really understand. Um, you know, if he's had injury problems, fair enough, but uh, I don't I don't think that's any excuse really for. That's interesting, actually, because a very partisan um, Peterborough commentary. Um, highlighted him as someone who hadn't given up, hadn't stopped running all game, and like was one of the highlights of our midfield. So um, it's it's quite mm. interesting hearing a differing perspective on that. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. That's well, must be the only one who thought that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, do you know what? It's one of those games where I mean, I, I brought it up as an issue because just because a few people have mentioned it on the, on you know even before the game they were mentioning whether he'd be fit and you know and he, he just looks to be carrying a bit to be honest but um it's yeah it's obviously it's interesting to see when when your opposition have got no preconceptions and maybe we're, we're guilty of that but i thought it wasn't the the kg i expected to see if you know what i mean and i, I have seen him pre-season and before he took that knock he was he was pretty good um all right john i'm going to use your your uh your knowledge on uh, Sean Scannell to talk about this next one. I can hear some police sirens out my window. Hopefully that's not bleeding through too much. Um, perhaps there's riots in Crawley. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, Sean Scannell. Um, obviously, you would have seen him at the end of last season pick up some form before he got the ban. Certainly did. Um, I can tell you from, uh, from straight away, pre-season, he's, he's pretty much looked our best player. I'm sure you've seen a couple of bits, haven't you, pre-season, maybe? Yeah, I have indeed. Yeah. Um, and once again, he looked... Uh, he looked the best, probably our best attacking player at the very least um, against mm, Peterborough. <laughs> that's, the, that's the people we're talking about. To, to be honest, not surprising. I think he's, you know, the back end of last season, he really did start to become the player that we wanted to see. And Dougie said pre-season that he's going to play him through the middle. And he's done it for one game and he scored our only goal. So and it was he had a lot of work to do once it came to him. It wasn't the easiest of chances. One that he would have thought he should put away, which he did, but um, it wasn't the easiest. And to be honest, I, I've said I've said uh, all pre-season this is going to be uh, this is going to be Sean Scannell's year. I've highlighted mm. him as my potential player of the year already. He's just who I reckon is going to come on the most. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think he's got a big big part to play in our season. I don't think Murray's going to bag us twenty-two goals like he did for Brighton last season. Mm. So you're going to need someone up top with him. He's going to chip in, and I think Sean could yeah. be that could be that boy. Well, well, Murray's the one I want to talk about next. I just wanted to make the observation that I like the fact that uh, Sean Scannell's put himself in his own fantasy football team. I think that <laughs> that shows uh, shows some good confidence. That's what. But you what would it do if he if he hadn't have put yeah, himself? In I suppose, yeah. Team. Yeah, this uh, just just uh, just amused me. I think, but um, very good point. Yeah, if he didn't and he started scoring all those goals, he'd look an idiot. Um, so I think to sort of to sum up team selection before we move on and talk about the game in a bit more detail, it's um, Glenn Murray is the, is the one I wanted wanted to mention. Uh, he had a hand in the in the scandal goal, uh, got a very good header flicked on. I'm not sure, but he didn't seem to win that many headers, in all honesty. And uh, I'm going to ask Mark what he thought of uh, Glenn Murray. Well, to me, Glenn Murray seems like one of the old school bruising centre forwards. I thought he was quite dirty, actually. And I think, uh, talking to other people, that the reason he got substituted was before he got sent off. Uh, maybe 
right or wrong, but he was certainly um, the ref was uh, was having a very picky day, and yeah. uh, everything he went for, he he more or less got penalised. But um, it wasn't a bad debut. It wasn't a bad debut, and. I think if he gets some decent service, he may score some goals. Uh, I know John said that he can't see him scoring 20 goals, but I think um, you know if you know Ambrose can step up to the plate, which is a, a whole new topic, yeah, a whole yeah. new discussion, <laughs> and another show. Yeah. Um, uh, then you know I think you know we could be looking at 15 goals from Murray with with um, with some support. And I thought him and Scannell worked really well really hard and uh together they look like you know they played before with each other yeah. before on the football yeah. pitch yeah, and there was, uh, a... there was a bit of an understanding going and for for a opening game opening uh partnership i i wasn't that disappointed i you know scanos took his goal well i thought murray he led the line reasonably well in in his own sort of uh bruising style shall we say um yeah absolutely yeah uh and uh you know uh it wasn't a bad debut i would no. say it wasn't okay, bad. well well i mean obviously we i don't know if you oh, i don't know if i've probably not told you this i saw glenn murray at the the services and i know a few people spotted him uh, and he had a protective boot on his right foot and uh immediately get the the rumors that he's broken his foot and what have you told it was a twisted ankle and it was just a precautionary measure and you know it's no big deal but I mean, maybe that. Well, he was he limping, got, wasn't he? Yeah, he was limping, and he got he got battered left, right, and centre. And like you say, in some ways he was lucky to stay on the pitch, and in other ways, uh, you know, he didn't get a great deal of protection from the referee. I think it's early days for Glenn, and um, I think I think we're not using him in the right way, and at the moment, if I'm being brutally honest, um, but we'll. we'll um, Okay, we'll probably revisit Glenn throughout the season, I expect. Uh, I just wanted to read a, an email that's come through from Graham Burt from Harlow uh, regarding the, the match. I'm just going to uh, just read it out. It says, Hi all. I have to admit I travelled up the M11 on Saturday more in hope than expectation. After what I witnessed on Saturday, I think it's evident we're in for a long and difficult season. We looked competent in the first half. Scannell drew a good save early on and took his goal well. Things went downhill as soon as they equalised. That's absolutely right. Um, so we looked very lightweight in midfield and clearly missed Moxie and Klein at the back. Murray didn't show much to me. Uh, Ambrose didn't look interest, which is a worry in itself. The real issue is that we're going to come up against much better sides than Peterborough. We lack strength and depth and any real creativity in midfield, but not sure what Dougie can do about it, given a desperate lack of cash. At least I can rely on you guys to keep me entertained this season. That's very nice of you to say, and, and I hope we do. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot in there, and a lot of it we'll mm. probably we'll probably um, we talked about, and some of it we'll cover as we as we go on. Uh, I wanted to pick out from there. Obviously, lightweight in midfield, I totally agree with. Um, and missing Moxie and Klein, I think we've, we've effectively touched on. Um, Ambrose, as you say, Mark, that's probably another another sh- for another show. Um, but as he says. Um, We'll come up against much better sides than Peterborough is what I wanted to come to, really. I, I would say, if I was being honest, that that was two poor sides that we saw. Um, I think that in football there is a tendency for certainly one team to get dragged down to another team's level. And I think when you play better teams, you, you generally you get... Uh, you get sort of uh, you get better matches if you like. Well, certainly if you think back to playing QPR with ten men last season, we've been on an awful run, and you know 
we very nearly had a, got got a result there. And it's it's those sort of things. It's hard to judge. It's one game. It's very very hard to judge. But I think certainly uh, I would agree with a lot of what Graham says. And I would say I've got some. I think we've got some legitimate concerns. Uh, we're picking up uh, all sorts of emails and stuff at the moment. So I'm going to actually let you probably change the. Um, we changed the name of the person who sent it, Mark. But if you can pick up that next email and, and the show document, if you can. Starting Palace fans overreacting. Yeah. Uh... All right, Adam, we've got, we've got a caller, actually. We've got a caller. Do you want to pop him through? Hello. Hello. Who am I speaking to? It is Chris. Is that Jerry? Chris, I'm sorry for being a pain, but if you want to ring oh, us back, pain, you're... Uh, you're welcome to do so. I know you've got a lot on, but if you want to squeeze me in, I'll be grateful. Hey, you, um, you can stay on. We love you. It's great okay, to hear you, Cheers. <laughs> thanks a lot. Okay, thanks, What do you Chris. want to say, mate? Well, just talk about the season, some of the points that you t- touched on. I'm just going to turn the um, computer down so I don't get any sort of feedback. So um, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll wait on, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, regular regular caller, Jerry, by the way. It's your, um, yeah. So we're going to talk Peterborough with Jerry and the season so far, effectively. That's mm. um, mm. a bit reasonable. Hi, Chris, are you there? Yes, we are, mate, yep. Okay, do you want to wait or shall I go on to it? Uh, you go for it, mate, you're live, go for it. Okay. Hi, Chris and everyone. Um, yeah, just, uh, I couldn't get to Peter Bar, but I did read quite a lot of the, um, hello? Yeah, yeah, oh, we're sorry, we're there. Hello, I did I read quite a lot of the... The media is the first game of the season, but uh, having said that, we've just got to try to um, win on Saturday and hopefully get a, a morale uh, boost in if the game goes there tomorrow night. You know. Um, so, Jerry, a, can I can I ask you a question? Do you do you think um, that people have have been overreacting to to one game? I think they do, Chris, but I can understand why. One's also got to look at it this way. You can look at it this way. You can say that Peter Borough—they've just come up. They're desperate to get, you know, get off, uh, get off as quick, up and run as quick as possible. And they've done that against us. I'm worried about our midfield, but in a sense, it is the first game of the season. But having said that, I remember last year. I'm going to go to the next four or five away games. I think, mm. and you just hope we're going to pick up some points early on in the season. Because yeah, if we well, don't, we will be embroiled, I feel, in a relegation scrap. I mean, I would. my expectations for the season, Chris, and, and everyone there, is that um, we finish better than last year. That shouldn't be too hard, but then again, it might prove to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, it a, it's a, certainly looks a harder league to me this year. Um, I think, I mean, short, sh- well... We, we, you've got to think we can't have as bad a, an away run as we had last season with one win all season. But, of course, we could have no wins all season, I suppose. So the, the option is there to, to get worse. But, I mean, I mean, from my perspective, there was uh, there was a lot a lot to be improved against Peterborough. But I do think mm. that, to, to a degree, some people are sitting there waiting for something to go wrong and, and they can't. They can't wait to get it across. You know, Sometimes it helps to wait a couple of days and get some perspective, I think. I think you're right, and on top of that, Chris, without wanting to sound repetitive, it is the first game of the season. What we've got to make sure is, and I think this is one of the things that worry has worried me, is our midfield. We we seem if we play Crawley tomorrow, I want I went to Crawley, Crawley, and I felt that we were you know we were muscled off the ball quite a lot of midfield. 
I don't yeah. think I don't want to, well I will mention individual people because I pay my money and I've got an opinion just like one else but I yeah. do feel that people like Gavin are not going to be good enough for us I mean where he stays or where he goes and a lot of our you know we can get um, the work the Australian in and KJ um, um, KJ who one of your presenters says didn't look that fit we've yeah, really yeah. got to be we got we really got to be a lot more tougher physically and mentally that's my worry because I find with Palace is that um, we got a, we don't create enough charges. All right, people knocking um, people like Glenn Murray, but saying, but you get, if you get double figures for us, I think that'll be a good return if we can get double figures. But that's going to that's going to depend on our creativeness in midfield. I feel. I think that's absolutely right, Jerry, and um, I, I think you've you've raised the, the biggest concern that we all had after Peterborough, I think, and that was that that we didn't give, you know, other than the the chance that was effectively out of nothing from a from from Scan for Scanner's goal, we didn't really give anyone else a chance to, to do anything. And as I said earlier, we're not we're not feeding Glenn Murray what he needs to to convert anything, so it's hard to judge him. And I think that's so important because one of the things that is worrying, I suppose, that we take the lead and we can't not only hold the lead, we just lose the lead. Which is so, you know, it's almost, I don't know, it looks like we were second best in terms of possession, and that was a major characteristic of last year, yeah. you know, especially in the first half of the season, perhaps even slightly more than that. Uh, and people like Scannell, I mean, I don't know the presenter who brought him up, I know that you raised him. You know, if he carries on, he's not going to want to stay with us. You know, I don't want to say, I know, we've got to make sure that we are really all. I'm sure they are, but I just worry about the squad. Too many yeah, of that yeah. squad are not good enough for the championship. Because, in a way, one could say, well, a lot of players, Dougie Brew, brought a purchase and are unproven. But that you can say that, a lot of my friends have been saying that, but because you can say that about any player, they're unproven to some extent. You know, whatever division you're in. But the thing is, right, we just got to start winning or getting yeah, points. That's it. It's as simple as that, yeah. How right, we do Jerry. that, and we're good enough. But I'll say goodbye. And also, um, Chris, before I go, if I can just finish on this note, closing this note. Thanks for taking my call. I've also, um, for the first time, I've made my first my first message on the message board under Jerry Pace regarding the um, regarding the cross issue. I won't bring it up now, but if you want okay. to read it, it's there for you to uh, mull over. But I'll listen to the rest of your show with much interest. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your call, Jerry, and I'm sure Bye we'll now. see you again soon. Cheers, Jerry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say to you, you know uh, a point you alluded to a little earlier about Peterborough being a poor side? The yeah. last time they were in the division, they were. They were mm -hmm. awful. This time around, they're weaker without the likes of McLean, Mikhail Smith. Yeah, hmm. they dominated the second half on Saturday, and I, I didn't think they. I thought they played the ball around quite well. I mean, we yeah, allowed no, them to, but I mean, they had the game under control, and whatever Ferguson said at half time did the trick. Because I'll tell you, uh, when, when you know, I say yeah, they were just, they just. I mean, we just didn't touch the ball. The possession, I would hate to see what the possession stats were for that game in the second yeah, half. Yeah, I think I read them somewhere and I've conveniently Smith. forgotten them. But I think, I mean, what I would say when I say that they're a poor side, it is, it is slightly dismissive of, uh, of of them to do that. And they certainly did themselves a lot of favours. OK, they've lost Mikhail Smith for a stupid amount of money to Brighton. But, you know, they, they've got a, the nucleus of a very good squad there. But, I mean, I, I will still maintain that if you look at that game... If you were to look at that game as a neutral, they had mm. some great possession in the second half. I I'll give you that. 
But I think, in all honesty, we were there for the taking, and, and a better team would have would have given us some real problems. Um, as it was, we still couldn't defend. And I think Jer- I think Jerry actually leads us into a good point there when he talks about us not being able to hold a lead. Um, we've we've got that we've got those emails to come to, but I'm going to take us to that next point, and it's about that that first half, and it's about whether we deserve to be one nil up. Um, I I think I mean at the time in the game and we've well, pretty much we've got to steam through this I think we might have to come back to it, um, but at the game I thought I was very excited by half time and I was checking my own tweets and looking at how I was um, you know how I was back then earlier on and I was extremely excited I thought we were playing well but with hindsight I think the danger signs were there uh, so I would say we we, de- we deserved to be one 0 up in the first half just but but when it comes down to the second half there were a few things that went wrong. And I would say, certainly, our response to conceding was exactly as Jerry described. We kind of went to pieces. Uh, but, Mark, if you can sort of give your opinion, and we'll, we'll combine sort of ta- tactics and substitutions yeah. in one, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, substitutions is probably yeah. the place to start. Well, uh, they were a little bit curious, to say the least. The substitution of Scannell, who, for for like for like with Zaha, was... A bit peculiar. He looked our most dangerous player. He yep. really was our most dangerous player. I didn't see um, uh, the point really in just replacing like for like. And then as soon as he came off, we conceded again. Um, and uh, I just thought, you know, it was negative. And then I didn't even realise that Owen Garvin was on the pitch actually until the <laughs> yeah. end of the, until the final whistle when he come over towards the fans but uh he didn't get too close cuz <laughs> yeah i think that's fair I that was about was to... <laughs> yeah. and uh, um i i mean the whole tactics uh there's pages and pages on HOL about Absolutely. doogie's decision making yes. his tactics and we haven't got time to go through it all but mm. um it goes back to a bit of the same old same old from last year, yeah. uh, sitting back on a lead, on, defending, defending yeah. too deep, and on, uh, ultimately scoring first and still losing. Yeah. Uh, on that and, note, on the, on the yeah. on the note of defending uh, defending a lead, I'm going to bring John in uh, to keep him involved more than anything. Cause it might be being <laughs> a bit quiet down there. Uh, John, you you saw a lot of that last season. Um, I I have a sort of an opinion on that, and I just want to see uh, where yours sort of stands up to it. And it's whether or not. Whether or not they get in, they get into that dressing room at half time, and Dougie says to them, "Look, guys, we're we're one 0 up here. Just go out that second half and sit sit and just sit back." I don't think he does it. Um, I just think it's a, it's the players, and for whatever reason, um, you know, their, their natural reaction. And you've got to remember, there's an there's an opponent here, so that opponent's going to attack you. And oh, I just I, what's your what's your thoughts on it, John? Are we is it? Is it a management thing, or is it a tactical thing, or is it a bit of both? You know. To, to be honest, I think I think it's a mindset thing. To be honest, it's mm. um, we, we lacked a killer instinct when we were on the front foot and we'd scored a goal to really push on and try and get a second, and really put the other team on the back foot. Because then, if if you go two goals up, yeah, you know your opponent's heads drop, as we've seen in the past from Palace, that you know our heads are dropped when we've gone two goals down. Yeah. And I think a lot of that isn't. Because he said at half time, you know, go out there, be defensive. I think it's a lot of it is sort of the tactics that Dougie's spoken about in the press of, you know, um, and the way he sets out his stall is sort of like we can go there, we can nick a goal, and we can get a win. And I, I think that inherently transfers to the players. 
<clears throat> I'm not yeah. saying it'll be the same this season. I think this season, w- once we've actually got about three or four games under our belts, I think we'll see a bit more attacking um, flair in our play. I think at the moment it's just sort of, well, we're sort of just trying to bed in new players. I mean, the back yeah. the back line, to be honest, and getting people back from injury and people off on internationals. You know, we're, we're trying to mu- muddle through August um, with a view to really kicking on in September. Mm. But I agree, it's not... It's, I don't think it's something that they've been actively told to go out and do. I think that's just the mindset of the team as it is. Yeah. But I think that in itself has is, is got, is got a point, Dougie, towards, towards an area where we've got to improve. You know, obviously that's that's his domain, isn't it? Where you know, and he talked last season when he took over about changing a mindset, and he wanted to change that mindset from from losing convincingly to, to being tough to beat. And now he's got another battle, and it's you know certainly the fans in in a general sense, and I think if you look across the boards, everyone's saying it's too defensive, it's too defensive, and that's that's a battle he's got to win already. You know, um, the the problem is we we don't have that many more players who are that attack minded. I mean, no. I've, I've I've harped on about it all preseason as well. We haven't replaced Neil Dans, and for me, he was he was king last season. He yeah. really dragged our midfield by the scruff of its neck and dragged it forward to attack and just burst through and we're we're missing someone with that I mean if you look at the other attacking options we've got for our midfield really you've got Cadogan who I think should be given more of a run in the team but other than that you've got Garvin who we've seen isn't really up to the physicality of of the championship at the moment and also that, that then if playing Garvin leaves a lot of pressure on whoever's playing defensive midfield which at the moment is right, and I don't think Wright's good enough in that position to, no, yeah. because it's not his natural position yeah. to be able to hold that by himself. I think you need someone much more experienced, someone who's been moulded into that, like your Alex Marrow, you know, in maybe well, a couple of years. Yeah, but, I say hopefully, maybe maybe a Mille Jedinak if he when he when he comes in. Hopefully, I think we're all hoping he's the, he's the one we're we're waiting for to come into that midfield. The, the only thing that Hurt's passing is, is, isn't fantastic. Obviously, I'm yet to see him play. Yeah, yeah. So I reserve judgment. But if he's not, we're, ho- we're holding a lot of hopes on Miles Jedinak. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to uh, end the, the Peterborough discussion there, I think, because uh, we've overrun slightly. I just wanted to make reference to a couple of emails. Um, one from Hudson Eagle. Uh, he, he talks about the fact that it was a disappointing result, but it was far from our best 11, and points out the missing players and with KG, KG not being uh, match fit, which is quite right. And, and he says the boards have been a little negative. I think been more than a little negative, mate. Uh, and he says too soon to write us off so early. And he's, he's absolutely right. And I, you know, I, even after the game when I was pretty angry, I I still think the same thing. Like, you cannot, you can make some um, assumptions after one game. You can you can say it points you in certain directions, but you can't write a season off after one game. And you've got to give uh, the players and the staff that you know the the, the time to react. Uh, and the last one was uh, was, you know, again another mention of the fact that the Palace fans are overreacting on one poor performance and how annoying that is. And it talks about uh, the fact that there are there are three new unfit defenders playing. So what do people expect? It also says at the end, if Nick Gussett is out in Croydon, can he put me up a forty-two inch plasma? Well, <laughs> well Nick, if you're out and about, I'll have one. I'll say um, uh, on a positive note that the uh, Palace fans were fantastic on Saturday. Yeah, they yeah, really were, as as always. But it was uh, a cracking atmosphere. It was great to be standing as well for yeah. a change. And, it was. Uh, um, they sung their hearts out. And, yeah. uh, and you know, the players don't deserve 
in many respects and uh, you know it's a shame that they can't put in a performance <laughs> that the, like the fans do on the terraces but yeah. anyway hats off to everyone no, who went. No, it, well, it was a fantastic yeah. uh, turnout and what was it 3,200 or yeah, something yeah, like that yeah, cracking, cracking no, well, well reminded Mark um, sorry yeah John you want to make a quick point before we move on yeah, it's not um, actually regarding Peterborough, but I have just received confirmation that, as it stands, the game is on okay, um, for lovely. tomorrow. Thought you'd left something in the oven. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't put anything yeah. in the oven. <laughs> um, I just want to before we before we go into the Crawley preview, um, I just want to make reference to some people are concerned about the whereabouts of Lewis Jamigal. Uh, apparently, he's not in the chat room, or they're wondering if he's involved in these riots, or perhaps hiding under the kitchen table. Uh, Nick says, "Can you make contact in the whole chat room immediately? Um, they're very worried about you." Lewis Jamigal, so, if if you're out there, if you're listening, please, please do get in touch. It's people that care about you and, and can it's help. People you. that can help. And if Admittedly, not, there's there's people that don't care so much as well. No, I'm not going to mention serial thriller, but I'm just saying. Um, all right, let's talk about let's talk about Crawley, Mark. Right. Well, uh, I've got a little bit about Crawley Football Club's history. Yep, nice and quick. Uh, <laughs> it's not that quick. Uh, they were last season's football conference champions, and with it. They got promotion to the Football League for the first time, formed in 1896. Their nickname is the Red Devils or the Reds. Their home colours are all red. Their away strip is white shirts, purple shorts and socks. They play at the Broadfield Stadium, Crawley West Sussex, which is probably down around the corner from you, Chris. It is indeed, yep. Uh, There's a capacity of just over 7,000. The manager is Steve Evans. Um, There's a lot of past history, but if we just go to current stuff, 2010 was the beginning of a new era for Crawley. Co-owner Bruce Winfield announced that the club's one million debt had been cleared and that manager Steve Evans would be given the funds to assemble a squad capable of securing promotion to the Football League. Big money was spent bringing in Matt Tubbs for 70000 Sergio Torres for a record 100000 and Richard Brody for an undisclosed fee, uh, estimated to be in the region of uh, over a quarter of a million for non-league. Anyway, Crawley's spending was criticised by many who branded them quote, the Man City of non-league, having spent around <laughs> half a million on new players. <laughs> However, their remarkable FA Cup run brought in an estimated two million in income. Uh, their Cup run last season saw them reach the fifth round where they lost to Man U 1-0. Um, but despite the Cup run, they remained focused and they won the league title with, uh, I think, a record margin, 15 points. Yeah. And um, their first ever game in the Football League was, of course, last Saturday at Port Vale, where they drew two all. Fantastic. And talking of drawing two all, John, you've got form. Uh, yeah, that, sound, that sounded wrong. That sounded wrong. <laughs> Firstly, the man, the Man City of the Conference. Fantastic. That's like being the king of Stroud in Gloucestershire. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the form is. Um, is this is pretty in depth. I've got a stuff. I've got to tell you. Um, they yeah, played one, good. and they've yeah. they've drawn one. Um, yeah. It was a two all <laughs> draw. So there we there we have it. They've got one goal each from. Tyrone right. Barnett and Kyle McFadzine. What a name. It's a good name. Okay, well, it's down to me to talk about their danger men. Unfortunately, I didn't do my homework, so I won't delay us anymore. Um, obviously, Matt, Matt Tubbs is one who uh, scored an awful lot of goals last season. But they have signed a lot of uh, front players as well, including Tyrone Barnett and Kyle McFadzine, who, um, yeah, who are very much their attacking players. Um, Pablo Mills is their captain, I believe. Um, and looked a class act when I uh, when I saw them play Derby last season and, and win that game in the FA Cup. 
uh, I remember him from his Rotherham days and quite what he was doing in non-league. I've got no idea, but he's got back up to the league with Crawley and very much is the, the heartbeat of that team, in my opinion. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think from there, we will go to News in Brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Academy star Ryan Innes has today been named in the England Under-17 squad for the FA International Under-17 tournament, which will take place later this month. Innes could face Italy, the Czech Republic and Portugal from Saturday the 20th of August in Portugal. As part of a side hoping to retain the title that all their predecessors lifted last season. Talking on his Twitter feed, Innes said, The England squad to play Italy, Czech Republic and Portugal. Can't wait. Should be a real test. Hashtag proud. Over to you, John. Uh, the club have also agreed terms with Alexander Tunchev, the centre-back from Leicester City, and the right-back Peter Rabbage from QPR on 28-day loan deals. Uh, Tunchev will take the number 37 shirt, with Rabbage taking the 38. Uh, fellow defenders Andrew Davis and Ryan McGiven, who signed on loan earlier this week, will take squad, squad numbers 35 and 36, respectively. Back to you, Chris. Nice to Mark. <coughs> Off you go, Mark. Following Crystal Palace's defeat to Peterborough on Saturday, Crystal Palace manager Doogie Friedman said of the performance, it was decent up until the 65th minute. We were very comfortable after taking the lead, but then Peterborough increased their tempo and moved the ball a little bit quicker than they had been doing, which we couldn't cope with. This was disappointing from our point of view. In the last 25 minutes, our decision-making defending let ourselves down. We had a few new boys in on, the, on loan due to injuries, which we had to deal with late in the week. They gave it their all, but as I say, what let us down is our decision-making from a defensive point of view, not the loanies. News in brief. 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 Oh, it's the short intro this time. Outro. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome back. And, uh, yeah, we're going to preview Burnley now, and we're, we're only ten minutes over time already. It's the kind of professionalism we, we get on Homestay Radio. It's good for and us. I'm, it is. It's good for us. We're doing very, very well. Um, and I'm just going to welcome... The uh, a Burnley fan is our fan nominated fan contact. Um, Mikey hadn't told him it was a live show, but he'll sh- I'm sure he'll be fine. It's Adam Priestley. Hi, Adam. Hi, Mark. You all right? Not too bad at all. Um, obviously, we've not got a, a great deal to go in go into in terms of form this season, but um, hopefully you've uh, got a few bits and pieces to tell us about uh, how you've been shaping up pre-season and um, what have you. So I suppose the, the first question really is uh, looking at this game on Saturday. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Are you, you, you know, you think you can come away with a win? Well, I mean, uh, going into the game, I was quite confident, really. As you say, you know, pre-season, you don't... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know how it's going to be, especially with a newish manager. He only took control mm. uh, last January. Um, we've lost a couple of key players, Mears and Eagles, 
both gone to uh, the rivals down at Old Bolton. Yeah. Home of, uh, you know, with, to Judas there for <laughs> three million. So it's not a bad bit of business. Um, and we've got a couple of defenders in from City. Uh, yeah. Ben Mee um, and Trippier. Um, they play, ben Mee played, he played quite well yeah. with um, almost a new signing, a new name anyway. Um, Andre Agat... Um, Oh, what's he bloody change it to? He was Andre BK, but he's now Andre Amagu. Amagu. He's changed his name. But he's changed his name. Yeah. Ridiculous. He, and he's a bit eccentric, as you might know. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He decided to change his name. Um, first twenty minutes or so, you know, we were on top going forward. Typical Burnley. Mm. You know, pressing, but just not getting there. Uh, we did seem to lack a physical presence up front. Um, local lad, he doesn't sign it, but he's local, Jay Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just he missed a couple of times. Um, now, the other striker up front, Martin Patterson, got injured in the first half. I think that was another reason. Um, he's currently in for a scan. We're going to hear about him soon. Um, but obviously, you know, again, typical Burnley just before half time and then just into the second half, I conceded twice. Mm. Sloppy, sloppy defending, um, but we managed to get it back eventually with uh, the addition, couple of substitutes, um, with a, a striker, uh, Charlie Austin, a newish signing, and um, the new signing from Preston, Keith Tracy. Yeah, now we we um, were in for him uh, early last season. How how's he looked? Uh, again, I've only seen forty five minutes of him, yeah, yeah. but he, he completely changed the game. Really, to be honest. Damn it! <laughs> uh, yeah, very impressed. Very impressed. Uh, stuff. And obviously, Charlie Austin's got a got a good goal scoring reputation as well. Um, yeah, well, in, in league, that. Yeah. Tell you, um, uh, Jay Rodriguez is is the one who impressed me last season. Um, mm. Obviously, very memorable from that goal. I think John, you were going to talk about players. So, you got any uh, any sort of feedback on that? Well, just remembering from uh, I travelled up to Burnley last year. And uh, Jay Rodriguez was the player who stood out for me. Obviously, players like Charlie Austin, Keith Treacy, we know Andre BK, who is now Andre Amagu. I didn't actually realise was the same player. Um, but you've also signed Leon Court, uh, ex-Palace Player of the Year, I believe. <laughs> Leon Court. Yeah, well, mm, the least said about him, the better, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's, he's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, six years ago, he was great. Yeah. Yeah, six years. I tell you, <laughs> what, what he had going for him was um, was goals from set pieces. He was excellent at those. Right. But, uh, but he got Warnock seven in forty nine. He did. He did it, yeah. Warnock booted him out of the side because he didn't have any scars on his face, and that's an actual quote. I'm not making that up. Unbelievable. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, okay, good yeah, stuff. Burnley fan. Sorry, say Burnley fan calling Colin. Yeah, Warnock. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 We definitely do now. We stopped. Most of us stopped that while he was here. But oh god. Less said about him, the better as well. Um, I think a couple okay. other decent players I got though. Yeah. Looking at it, is Ross Wallace and the captain Chris McCann. You, um, I reckon, are going to be big parts in their season. Well, yeah. definitely, definitely, Chris McCann. I mean, he uh, he come back from an injury late last season, season long injury, so that's almost like a new signing for us, really. But yeah, he's a definitely very good player, Chris McCann. Mm. Okay, Adam, thanks for that, mate. We're not going to keep you too much longer. We've got to rush through. Sorry, Mark, we're not going to come to you about form. I've got to take that decision. Sorry. <laughs> um, just just to get a quick prediction from you from how you see uh, the game between ourselves going um, obviously like you say we we were in for your manager at some point before he decided to go to you which is a sensible option um, I can say from our perspective we were absolutely uh, abject against Peterborough 
so you should be feeling confident. But what's your prediction? I'm going to go with now. Uh, last I know our last two meetings. I went to the uh, I've been to your place three times actually in recent years. Mm. Um, I went for the five nil uh, <laughs> loss to when you got into playoffs, and I went for the nil, boring nil nil. So I'm going to have to go for a one nil to Burnley. Okay, fantastic, Adam. Listen, thanks so much for for joining us and uh, and coping so well with the live show. And uh, I'm hope, hope well, hopefully we'll we'll speak to you at least for the for the uh, corresponding fixture later in the season. And uh, other than against us, I want to wish you the best of luck for the season, mate. Yeah, same to you as well. Cheers, yeah, let's hope the North Foxes went on this time as well. <laughs> He was yeah, our best player on. last time. Yeah. Looking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, cheers, yeah, okay. buddy. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Adam. Bye. No worries. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. I'll tell you what, that fox, he didn't half ever turn the pace, I remember. He was, he was decent, wasn't he? He was uh, nippy, wasn't sly, he? Was sly. Um, he ghosted in behind the back four. Completely. Okay. Unfit. We've managed to make a little bit of time up there. We're only nine minutes late for our chat with Mike Rankin. Um, let's get Mike on now if he's not already there. Oh, he's he's slowly loading on my screen now. Uh, can you person load on a screen? I guess they can. Come on, Mike. Come on. Sounds there like something I love. Like <clears throat> yes. Hello, mate. It's Chris Hamblin on Homestay Radio. How are you? Oh, you're live, by the way. I keep forgetting to tell people that. You're live right now. That's right. Good. Good. <laughs> Good to be here. Fantastic stuff. Well, I've written some questions for you. Usually we get around to sending them to people before they come on. Not you. We're treating you special. Um, I like that kind of treatment, that's fine. Exactly. <laughs> Firstly, how are you? You alright? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Enjoying watching all the uh, the, the latest on the riots that seem to be spreading throughout our fair streets, our fair city. Yeah, it's a little concerning that, isn't it? I think there's a fair few people hiding inside, hopefully listening to us. Um, okay, well, just the, the opening question really is, is, is your basic, can you tell us a, a bit about yourself, where you're from, how long have you been a Palace fan, that sort of business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm from I'm from sort of in and around the Croydon area sort of my whole life, really. Yes, starting off in uh, Thornton Heath and uh, currently residing for the last uh, well, good few years in Wallington. Um, so a little bit safer, hopefully, at the current time in Wallington. Um, I'd be a bit surprised if right spread this far. Um, mm. Yeah, never know. But um, yeah, I mean, been a Palace fan since I was uh, well for about 16 years. So that was when I was, would have been about nine. I think, and I sort of made the made the brave uh, choice to be a Palace fan, despite the usual contingent of you know Man United fans that you get when you're at school and that sort of thing. You've someone has to go against the grain and uh, see the light, and that was a uh, that was me. And to, had a season ticket ever since uh, since then. My granddad is was the big Palace fan in the in the family, and uh, had been for going there going down to Sellers for fifty odd years, and I have not looked back since. And I've been working <laughs> for the club now for. I want to say about seven or eight years are now. Uh, now, obviously, my my voice has been the uh, the voice of Sellers for the last couple of years. Um, mm. Prior to that, I was actually working as part of the team doing the uh, the the big screen, so working behind the oh, scenes, right. uh, producing the TV program. And before anyone asks, I'm not responsible for the black, green, red dots that will occasionally appear well, just to keep <laughs> us amused. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> fair dues. All right, you've shirked responsibility for that one. Oh, that's fantastic, mate. Okay. Um, well, my next sort of uh, was. What we call really is is what what constitutes a typical match day for you? Typical match day, yeah. Well, I, mean, I usually say if we take a Saturday game, for example, I normally get up to the ground at sort of eleven, half eleven, um, which is which is well well in advance when I need to be there. It's kind of following old habits really from when I used to work in with the TV guys, and uh, I'll usually still go in and I'll uh, 
because we're, we're all kind of part of the same uh, same team, really. Obviously, producing the I suppose the, the match day experience, uh, working for the great Mr. Terry Byfield, of course. So uh, <laughs> of course. coordinates us all. Um, so you know, I'll, I'll get into the grounds, yeah, eleven, half eleven, and usually meet with the other guys from the TV and meet with Terry. He'll tell me if you know there's anything anything in particular that we need to be. Uh, plugging anything special going on for the day you know family days are always a great occasion to see how much stuff we can possibly fit into a half-time schedule and that sort of thing yeah. uh, so if we get that going uh, then there's the uh, it's become a bit of a pilgrimage now down to Sainsbury's each day to get stocked up obviously when you're there that early you need to uh, make sure you're stocked and ready to go for a for a busy match day uh, and then of course I have to be in the studio from half past one which is when of course the gates open so we'll get up there stick the iPod on which is how I run the uh, run the main match day music oh really uh, yep that's all up yeah run off uh, run off an iPod which makes it nice and simple um, that's my own invention afterward well, I obviously I didn't invent the iPod I'd probably be uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd be one, I'd be <laughs> part of the consortium if I'd invented the iPod wouldn't I so uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah we brought that in because it made things a lot easier and yeah. uh, and then that's it and then of course uh, we all know what happens when uh, when kickoff rolls around yeah no, that's absolutely brilliant yeah, disappointment. Yeah, that's yeah. about the size of it. <laughs> yeah, booze. Um, okay, well, you've sort of uh, prompted me in the middle of that to, to think of a, a question I hadn't thought of earlier, which was nice. And it was, you say you sort of, uh, you, you arrived on the scene uh, two years ago. So you, you were basically around during the, the admin period. Yes, um, I was indeed, yeah. What was that like behind the scenes without obviously swearing or going into a huge amount of detail? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, how, how did you guys cope with that? Well, I mean, for me, it's being a kind of, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a temporary member of staff. I'm a, I'm a match date member of staff. So, uh, so you know, Im- impact for me is, is, is fairly minimal, other, other than, you know, as a fan, the concern that we all probably shared around that time. Um, but obviously, you know, you've got some contact with some of the, the full-time guys there. And, you know, and, it, and, it's, and it was a, you know, it's a sad time. And I know there's a couple of... Uh, you know, one of the guys I know, one of the graphic designers who was one of the one of the, the famed was it forty nine or whatever it was that was made yeah. redundant. And I was sort of the mood around the place then, as you'd expect, was wasn't very good, and no one knew what was going to happen. But you know, thankfully we've we've come out the other side. I think you know, come out a bit stronger, and uh, yeah. yeah, looking looking to the future, I suppose. Absolutely. Okay, mate. Um, I've been asked this question a couple of times, so I have to ask, and it's what happened with the long Good Friday thing. Do you know, I, I had no clue you would ask me that question. <laughs> um, well, I suppose, you know, a decision a decision was taken on it, um, not by me personally. Um, I won't share who, well, who it was taken by no, uh, or something like that. Um, but, you know, the, I think the, th- the thoughts behind it were pretty much, you know, it's, I suppose, to almost to, to coin a phrase, and, and this isn't saying it's directly from Steve Parrish by any means, but, you know, it's a bit, a bit from a bygone era, I suppose. Um, and, and I'll say, well, I'll just because it sounds like I'm saying it is, but it absolutely wasn't Steve Parrish just deciding that it wasn't, yeah, we yeah. weren't going to have it anymore. Um, but, you know, I think we just decided it's, the affiliation with it, you know, is from before. It was actually, the song, that song was picked by Simon Jordan. That was his yep. choice for when when he did decide the playlist. Um, so it was his choice. We've had it for a while. Um, it felt a bit dated. Uh, you know, the the association is to East End gangsters. Um, yep. You know, do we are we particularly East End gangsters? Not, um, not much, no. <laughs> probably not much. No, you know, might be. You know, this, you can't account for everyone, but I'd say probably not. Yeah. You know, we just felt. I suppose it was a bit of time for a bit of a something fresh and i know there's a uh, you know mixed reactions by the looks of it because I, I think uh, earlier on in the season last year before we did away with it i'd put a, a vote a poll on the uh, on the homesdale and on a on a certain other um 
site that we won't mention That's the name of, of course. Right. We, we love the BBS. It's fine. We love the BBS. <laughs> All right, we'll plug the BBS as well and, and the BBS. Um, so yeah, both went up there, and actually, you know, it wasn't there wasn't that much in it. You know, actually, there's probably a if you added together the people that said get rid of it and the people that said they don't really care either way, that did outweigh the people that said yes. So actually, you know, and to be honest, you know, the, I know full well, so as much as it pains me to say it, but the music isn't the most important part of the game. Um, yeah. Although, you know, we've all sat there on some Tuesday nights where it's been the most interesting part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. No, I was going to say, I mean, I, I have to be honest and say I didn't notice it had gone uh, initially when people started talking about it. So yeah, a lot of people things, didn't, yeah. But, uh, but, um, I, I I can totally understand. I mean, certainly it leads me on to the next point when it's about picking the the music, picking the playlist. Obviously, we we all know we under Simon Jordan, basically you got the same songs. You know, it was the same playlist every week. You know, I yeah. could work out how late I was going to be for the game by what I could hear as I was walking up Homesdale Road. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it's as much as uh, I pretty much I have to I share similar music musical taste to Simon by the sounds of things, but. It was it was familiarity and it's routine and it's I can understand why it was changed. But um, so I mean, do you get a completely free choice now picking music? Yeah, absolutely. There's no uh, there's no I'm, I've not been told yet you must play this song or anything like that. As you say, previously we had a it was about a half hour playlist um, and I was mm. and I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with the with the great Rob Fox previously and he had you know yeah. one CD. And it was, you know, I think it was even written on it, like the chairman's choice sort of thing. And he, and he had to play that. And he had, you know, he had timings, you know, it was all synchronised watches kind of stuff must go on yeah. at this time. And that which then, of course, concluded with with the Long Good Friday. Whereas nowadays, you know, was, there's not the only kind of steer that, that I was given previously was that actually, you know, we want to make it, you know, quite fresh and quite Because actually the, probably the people that do pay more attention to the music is the the younger generation is the kids that we're trying to attract so actually especially like family days things like that it's not yeah. a bad thing to play the younger music because they're the ones actually going to pay more attention to it probably oh that's fair um okay well i mean obviously well i was gonna <laughs> say we were uh, you're, what you're here to do um is, is to obviously talk about potentially replacing the goal music but i had skipped a question what i was going to ask you is how do you see the the season going for palace this year well, that's the big question, isn't it? I suppose. Uh, I mean, I was uh, I was one of the lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it, ones that went up to Peterborough on Saturday as well. Mm. And uh, you know, talk of game of two halves probably is, is the best way to describe it. If you pardon yeah. the old uh, the old pun, but um, and that will probably be the tale of our season, won't it? As with any season of Palace, we'll probably have moments of brilliance and we'll probably have moments of you know hands head in hands type thing. And I'm not expecting anything miraculous i'm not expecting to be pushing for honors although you never know with palace you don't rule it out but i i expect a difficult season but but i expect it'll be let's say more comfortable than the last couple i think we'll get our act together i think the season's come a little bit probably sooner than we would have liked actually isn't it this year yeah i think so yeah i think it's yeah it's coming along very quickly but okay um yeah i think (laughs) that's about as optimistic as we can get now after after witnessing the weekend so yeah but of course if we go and smash burnley on saturday we'll we'll be all calling for promotion so you know absolutely we're only three points off the top of course (laughs) exactly yeah we are three points off the top you know we'll we'll beat burnley dougie will be a genius and anyone who criticized him will be there it's amazing the extremes we go to we all do it every year and we're all guilty of it um and that's part of the fun isn't it i guess 
Exactly. Okay, so um, you have raised this the, this question of it's a potentially looking at replacing the gold music. Uh, just to clarify, I've got an email re- relating to Glad All Over. It's not Glad All Over. That's not going anywhere. No. That's, uh, no. no that, that's, that's our song. That will always be our song. That's great. Uh, but the gold music, um, what we're going to do, we're going to play it now, uh, hopefully if, if Mikey's got that all queued up. Uh, go through some of the suggestions we've had so far and then just sort of talk around that. And uh, So, Mikey, if you can play the current gold music. I think that's fading out nicely there. Um, okay, so that was Three Amigos with 25 Miles. That's been there for some time now. Uh, it's usually preceded by someone shouting goal, I believe. Yeah, uh, that's right. I have uh, no idea where that came from. That, that, was, <laughs> no. that, that was that was passed down to me by Rob Fox. So. <laughs> <laughs> was it now? don't know where he got that from. I didn't. That's one of those things as well. I heard the music hundreds of times. I say hundreds of times. It's Palace. I heard the music twelve times, and then um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd never noticed the goal at the start until someone someone pointed it out. Um, no, I don't think, I think you do. I mean, I, I never, when I was on the on the other side of the microphone, should we say oh, I'd never noticed it was a goal there. I think you, you kind of lose a huge part of it when it's played out through a stadium, and you know you've got a, a few thousand people cheering along to it, it. So. Well, I've got um, well, I've got John and Mark here in the background. They've been very good at being quiet. Um, but guys, I want to get your opinion on that music. If I go with first to you, John. Oh, I love the music. I love any music, to be honest. As long as it's, <laughs> as long as it's not compl- completely rubbish. No, no, it's it's alright. I mean, I say you don't really notice it. I'd rather we went with the uh, the much more Mediterranean just goal for as long as is humanly possible. <laughs> which I've got to say, I'm qualified to do, and I'll, I'd be happy to record that at some point. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Mark, what's your opinion on our current goal music? Yeah, no, I don't mind it, actually, but um, I, like you alluded to earlier, you, I didn't even realise goal was in front of the music. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets drowned out, obviously, by everyone jumping up and cheering. So, I say, uh, do, you, do you have a little dance along to it when we score? Uh, to the music. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I spin on my head. <laughs> Good stuff. That's only funny if you know Mark. Um. Okay, Mike. Always upside uh, down. Okay, Mike. Do you have your uh, Do you have your own opinion on that music? Yeah, I mean, I've probably formed a bit of a, a, a my opinions kind of changed a bit on it even since we've since I've kind of suggested that we're looking into changing it, and that's you know I, I've probably the same as the other guys, and you know, I've thought it's all right, it's fine, you know, it does it does what it's there for. Um. But actually, you kind of realise it. It kind of works in the sense that you know we've we've got when when whenever we're cheering along to it and that sort of thing. It's not too mm. fast, so people kind of don't really know what the hell to do, um, and it's not too slow that it brings it down. It kind of, I think people do end up clapping along to it, but it almost doesn't sound like you're clapping along. We don't want to turn into you know one of these clubs that you know needs music to generate some kind of atmosphere. Mm. Um, we don't want to be like that at all. But I think this one, it kind of clapping goes with it so that's that's the one thing it's got going in its favor which i actually think it's quite hard to kind of map that across so you do need something else that obviously you know that a crowd can jump onto i suppose a bit okay um we've got just a quick note in come from uh, paul in plymouth whose uh, username is devon eagle and he says a good it's not what we're talking about but he suggested that a good replacement for the long good friday would be conquest of paradise by vangelis 
or Vangelis. Never, never heard of it, but something to look into, Mike. Just thought I'd read that out. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna look at the different options that people have suggested so far. The first of those is a uh, rocket by uh, Subfocus, and that was suggested a couple of times. And this is Mikey's personal favourite. And what he's done is he's mixed that tune with some goal noise. So off you go, Mikey. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's the goal that Nathaniel Pinney scored against Norwich, I believe. Um, I'm going to come to you guys for opinions, uh, ending on Mike. John? Um, I, I half expected, like, Tron to be reenacted <laughs> in the middle of the pitch. I can't tell you when I heard that. You know, unless you have the full Laser Quest team and set up, that music <laughs> won't work. Fair dues, Mark? Because it's Mikey's personal favourite, I can't stand it. Yeah, no, not my first, uh, not my first choice so far. I think, I think it was lacking a banjo, Mike. It sounds to me like it's been, you know, tarnished by association by the sounds of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my only thoughts were actually, it, it kind of sounds like it takes a bit too long to get going. So, whether there's a different part mm. of that song that would have been better, I don't know how the rest of the tune goes personally. But um, no. yeah, it's, it, it feels a bit slow. In in well, terms, yeah. Like, uh, oh God, Mikey, help. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sub focus, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with a tune called Rocket. I, you know, I, th- I think someone suggested it as like the music initially. There's the music to come out to um, as the players enter the pitch, but um, we've we've sort of moved it over there. Oh, we've got yeah, a call in, in laser now. quest gear. No, um, whoever's calling will have to will have to wait. I think because because um, we're in the middle of a chat. Sorry about that. Right. Okay. We'll we'll move very very quickly on to the next one. We're getting plenty of uh, emails from. Nick Gussett trying to claim that Sellers Park is on fire. We're going to ignore those. <laughs> He's got nothing better to do than try and annoy us. The next song is Bounce and Boom. Which is terrible, by the way. Right, well, Nathaniel Pinney scored again there. Um, He's <coughs> having a good <coughs> season, isn't he? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, as for that tune, other than uh, Mikey's horrendous editing there, well done, Mikey, um, I, I, I could conceivably see people jumping around to it, you know, but uh, I'd have to say I would potentially not be one of them. John? 
Um, I, it's strange. It, it, I kind of like it and I kind of hate it oh at the same God. time. <laughs> Wrong with you people. It's just another yours. I think it's got the right thing going for it. I just don't think it's the right song. I think it's in the right direction. Yeah. I don't think it's that in any sense of the word. Okay. And do you think it was failed by Mikey's editing? Do you? I think Mikey is aboard the fail boat. Okay. Good stuff. Mark, uh, your opinion on that? I know how much you like uh, modern music. So, what, what did you think? That Duran Duran song just then was great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good stuff. (laughs) Was that a joke? That song. I've I've no idea. I've no idea. Right. You know, I could say I could, I could conceive what was. I know what was going on in the uh, su- the person who suggested it's head. I like the I build up to the that. song. So um so Mike, um what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's that one. I think it I it can't help but make me smile when I do hear it. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, it's actually off the Vimto advert. If it, or if anyone's wondering where they've probably heard it from before, it's on Vim on Vimto advert on TV. I do think the issue we might have, though, and I discussed this with Mikey yesterday, was that uh, I can't find it on iTunes or Amazon or anywhere. The only place we've been able to source it from so far is YouTube. Um, so we might not even be able to use it, even if we wanted it. So perhaps we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> okay, I, d- fair I do love Vimto, though. I'd, I'd <laughs> <that> <laughs> we might get a sponsorship deal out of it. <laughs> I, I would love to be to get a sponsor. Actually, I, I mean, or they I might just, or they might just sue us for using it. I know, I know that was a joke, but I really, I also really like Vimto. Anyway, um, <laughs> the next one, I, the next one I know well is uh, is uh, Jump Around by House of Pain. Off you go, Mikey. Um, is it? Um, yes, it <laughs> is. You're right. Go on, Penny. Um, I'd say I love that one because it's old school. Uh, John? I, th- I think that's the inherent problem. It is a bit old school. I think uh, if we're rebranding into a new modern image, I don't think it's the one. I do like the song, but hmm. I don't think that's the way forward. Fair dues, Mark? Yeah, no, I quite like it. It's... Um... But I've heard it before, other grounds, I'm sure. But uh, it's it's mm, okay. it's along the right lines. So, all right, and uh, Mike. Yeah, again, I think I agree with the guys there. I think I think it is along the right lines. I, I think it's kind of timeless. I think it's one it's liked by by various different generations. And I wouldn't really worry too much about whether or not other clubs have it because you know within weeks Blackpool are going to have whatever we choose anyway, aren't they? So. Yeah, very good point there. <laughs> yeah, and then sometime after that, Brighton will try and sing it in the stands. Um, okay, right. Uh, 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 oh yeah, sorry. Just wanted to make it known that this isn't a short list, and there's plenty of more suggestions that can come in uh, during the show and obviously after the show. It's uh, sort of an ongoing process, this Mike, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, yeah. Just want to make sure. Painful so this is just one. an idea of it is, yeah, it is in some ways. <laughs> it's just an idea of what sort of thing we, uh, to to look at and and how the suggestions that people have come up with so far will work. Uh, we've only got a, a few more. You'll all be happy to hear. Um, the next one is it just says leading goal scorer scores, and that doesn't really help me tell you what song it is. But I'll just wait no, for it's Mike. Not really to play. relevant. Not really. I'll play it if you want. It's not really relevant. No, no, screw it. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> the next one. The next one is uh, Bellini. So let's hear that. <laughs> Get in, Penny. Go on, son. He's done it again. Um, 
Uh, sorry, amazing. my opinion it is great. My opinion on that one is uh, again very similar in in to, to House of Pain. I think it's old school, and you know I could conceivably conceivably enjoy that. John, no, no, <laughs> good stuff, Mark. No, it's like um, uh, Mike was saying earlier. It's kind of timeless, you know. It, it works. Mm. It works. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't mind it. Okay, and Mike, your opinion on that one? Yeah, I think it's another, definitely another maybe. I think that one, it, it, it kind of works. Um, it's got the right kind of tempo to it. My only concern is, is it a bit rugby league? It kind of feels a bit like rugby. I'm sure I've heard it on some rugby league or something like that, and I don't even watch rugby yeah. league. So. I've definitely heard <laughs> it at rugby in some form somewhere, but mm. I couldn't tell you where. But no, just no. I think, is, I think it is paid at rugby league. I think you're right. Ah, interesting stuff. Okay, well that's uh, it's not at not at snooker the, anyway. No. Yeah, that's on the maybe part. <laughs> okay, um, there's just a suggestion here before we go to our final one, which is uh, with Mike's own suggestion, which I've heard earlier and I quite like. Um, and it was just a reference to the fact that when Scannell scores, should we play the Claxons Golden Scans? Apparently, we played it in the intro songs. I don't think we've got a clip as such, so we'll probably leave that one. Um, if you wanted. Nah. What about Mikey's suggestion? This person is still calling, by the way. Yeah? Is it Jerry yeah, that... with a withheld number? It could be. Well, they'll just have to wait, won't they? Okay, um, we'll, we'll pop them after we've heard the last suggestion, which we've just called Dart Song. I think it's got another name. Uh, but we'll play that one now. Um, I like it, uh, John. I think I think Penny should have passed. To be honest, fucking <laughs> get in from there. No, I I think you summed it up before you even played it. Dart song. I think that's just going to be known as the dart song. Okay, Mark. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. And uh, Mike, do you want to take us through your thinking on that one? Yeah, see, I, and I like I like it as well, and it's I know it's you know it's associated with with the darts. Obviously, that's where I, that's where I first heard it to to put it forwards. Um, but, you know, but that is one like I was saying about songs that lend themselves well to a crowd getting involved, and I think that one certainly does it. Um, particularly tipsy crowd if we're talking darts, but um, I think that one could work. I think Chelsea Dagger by the Fratellis. I think that's a that's, that's a home your... favourite here on the Homestead. Chris would love that. Y- yeah, um, don't be all that... over that. Mike, that refers to a conversation I had yesterday where I may have said some swear words about that song. That's no, all but that, that is the other dark song. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, I think well we have we have got a repeated caller who might be calling about this, so we're going to try and pop him through while you're on, Mike. So if you just hold fire. We're not because yep. he's not ready. Oh, we're not. Oh, there he's he is. gone. There he is. Oh, okay, cool. Let's uh, find out who that is. Hello. I'm awfully, I'm awfully sorry, just to let you know, Croydon's on fire, so tomorrow's game might be on Sky News showing Croydon, I think it's Reed's really called on fire, so I think tomorrow's game might be off, on, off, but I just thought I'd let you know that, lads, I know you're away from the scene, but it uh, looks pretty distressing scene, I think it's Reed's really corner, I can't be sure, but a whole Jerry, lot of I'll shots on fire. See you later, bye now. Cheers, Jerry. Same thing as, as Jerry. That, that was yeah. Jerry. That was Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> was that a good number? So, so, yeah, we're still, uh, 
So are we any the wiser on that one, John? Um, I haven't heard any updates um, updates was yet from the club. Um, was he at the scene, Jerry? I think um, he might well. Was he at the scene? Uh, I, I know that he probably was, yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, I, I know what the man does for a living. All right, well, let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's let Paul Mike go. Um, Mike, it's been great to have you on. And what I want to... Do you want to just sort of, uh, uh, sort of, uh, have you got any contact details for people to make further suggestions or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, probably the best way to get in touch with me is uh, is is via my uh, my Twitter, which is at Sellhurst underscore Sound. Obviously, all all suggestions are welcome. Um, bear in mind, they're going to be suggestions. We'd be, we're probably not going to score enough goals to uh, to to put all of them <laughs> on. <laughs> Putting my negative hat on there, but you know who knows. But um, but no, keep the suggestions coming in. I'm sure there's probably a, a gem out there that we haven't heard so far. By all means, so at, at Sellhurst underscore Sound, give me a shout. Fantastic. Well, what thanks a lot. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep canvassing for you as well, and uh, hopefully we'll come up with something that everyone's happy with. You know how people don't like change, but uh, hopefully this time they'll, uh, they'll be all right with that one. Okay, Mike, thank you so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again at some point soon as well. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. 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 Uh, just seeing on there. Sorry, Nick Gussett's just appeared. Nick? You've been very busy, Nick. Good Lord, uh, Nick. Hello, I just wanted to be uh, calling you on Skype so people knew that I wasn't out rioting because I've had lots of orders in through Twitter and you have, yeah. the TV. Yeah. You can get you got Skype on your smart. iPhone now, though. Sorry? You can get Skype on your iPhone, I don't believe you. Yeah, there's a sound in the background. It sounds very much to me like rioting. No, um, can, can, you sh- can you shed any light on what's going on? It's just all going off everywhere, really. I mean, there's been a few tweets saying that Sellers Park's on fire, but somebody else has said, no, that's not happening. There's a large in, furniture shop in Croydon, is it? Yeah, large. Reeves Corner. Yeah. Oh, um, really? David Cameron's coming home now. Cars set on fire in Lewisham and a bus stop and a uh, shop yeah. somewhere ablaze in Peckham and also it's, in Hackney. Uh, it's all over the place, really. It's Kicking a pretty off standard Monday night for Croydon. <laughs> Unbelievable yeah. stuff. Uh, so Nick, while you're on, did you have anything Palace related you wanted to chat to us about? Um, just a little bit um, worried after Saturday's game, really. I know we're still a work in progress, but I haven't been able to go into Palace talk because I, I daren't. I think I'd end up getting a red card. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're already doom and gloom, isn't it? So Nick, how did you how did you see the game then? Well, I, I didn't see the game. I've, I'm just going by sort of the odd bits I've heard here and there, newspaper reports. said it was like a, a proper game of two halves where we were quite good in the first half but absolutely rubbish in the second half um, because of, um, we just couldn't change our style to adapt to Peterborough's style. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, it's a very difficult thing to sort of talk about. I mean, obviously... I, I myself kept away from Palace talk for um, for the best part of a day and a half uh, for the similar reasons, and it's not just to avoid what other people are saying. It's uh, because I didn't feel that I had the um, sort of the calmness that I needed to actually post. But I'll be honest, I, I started losing my temper today. It's very frustrating to see people writing a season off after one game, but by the same token. You can't bury your head in the sand and pretend that that anything that we saw. I mean, obviously, I was there, and as was Mark. Nothing that we saw on uh, on Saturday, certainly in that second half, was really to the, the sort of level that we'd expect. Um, and I think, Nick, what's your opinion on on playing three loan signings at, in a back four? Have you ever heard of that before? 
No, but I think we were in a position where we didn't have anything else that we could do, really. I think we I mean, did. I though. think. He sh- Sorry, John. I think I think we did though. We had, we had two other wing backs who were on the field at the time who could have played in two of those slots. Mm. So I think I think to say we didn't have anything else. I mean, we also had Jake Caprice who could have happily played. Um, he would have, he would have relished the opportunity. So I think I think to say we didn't have anything else yeah. might be a bit drastic. I, mean, I, I know we can we can all I suppose we can all manage in hindsight to a point, but it does it did seem we just. I think if we'd seen that game out and won it 1-0, we'd probably be saying well, it was the right way to play that game. We weren't quite ready. We were good to get a result out of it, blah, 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 blah. But the way we went to pieces, um, certainly, uh, we had no real reaction whatsoever to, to going a goal down. And the, su- the substitutions you make have got to be, you know, to, to respond to what's happening in the game. So Peterborough come out second half. You know, they, they're taking us on very much. So... yeah. So what do you do when you get, when you concede that equaliser? Uh, uh, don't take off your best player, really, do you? So uh, it's a strange one, uh, you know. And another, another point is um, that lots of people have made is about Dougie only having you know saying he wants to play this way that way, but actually he's setting out his stall to to do a George Graham and win one nil, which mm. I don't think is the way forward. I mean, the, yeah. uh, I think somebody from Peterborough posted that um, they they. Although they let in a lot of goals last year, they scored a lot of goals, which reminds me of Newcastle a few years ago. Um, yeah, we'll the, the whole point is score more goals than you let in, rather than, you know, Becky in the chat room has just said, Nick, tell everyone um, that serial thriller has a small something, uh, something, Johnson. And Johnson. That's it. And serial small wristwatch. Wants to know if you can get small. in touch. Um, CPFC 2010 and really big up his Rosetsky badge. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, I've already had that Rosetsky badge tattooed on my face, so I'm hoping it very much is the option. Um, all right, Nick. Well, look, you've going back on what, what Nick on, was saying, actually, Chris. I was just going to say, um, it would be nice to be a bit more adventurous when we're ahead, uh, like on Saturday, <laughs> but it's a difficult balance because, uh, George Burley found that out, didn't he? I'm going to go sort yeah, of indeed, uh, yeah. all all out attack away from home, and we scored lots of goals, well, but we conceded more than we scored, and he lost his job. So yeah, well, we got we got an email on that subject earlier, and it's probably good that you reminded me of that because I'd forgotten all about it. And uh, and it, it's got from a guy called Ben, whose uh, username is BPC1981. I think I think we got him tickets last year for the. Uh, Barnsley game. Hope that's the same, Ben. Uh, like a favour yeah, for so, a favour or something, yeah. Won't you? Yeah, if so, cheers uh, for your email, mate. And um, <laughs> yeah, he, he actually asked that question. He says, "Cast your minds back to when George Burley was sacked." I remember Steve Parrish talking of his displeasure at Mr. Burley not signing another striker after James Vaughan initial James Vaughan's initial loan had expired, thus leaving us short up front. Do you think he has the same displeasure? Uh, the same displeasure will be aimed at Dougie for not signing enough defenders during the off season. No, and no. I I would say I, I the only difference I would say on that is it wasn't for the want of trying. You know what I mean? It was it was fairly clear from certainly from um, from Steve Parrish's tweets and Dougie's comments that a lot of work was going on to sign those players. It, it wasn't a case of um, I don't know if I remember rightly, and, I, and I'm willing to be corrected on this. Uh, Steve, when he when he came on to Homesdale to talk about uh, letting George go, he mentioned that that effectively. He felt that Burley was dithering over what what to do, um, and I don't think that's the case with Dougie. So I don't think there'll be the same criticism there. There'll probably be a bit of frustration, 
Um, but I think they're very much working together towards the same goal, is my opinion. Uh, there, John? there was that, but I think also that really the one thing the one thing he left with George Burley was that he had a budget and he didn't use it. Um, yeah. I think the difference is, I mean, the the, the noise is coming out of out of Celeste is that we don't really have that budget season. I don't know why, but it's everyone's saying we're working on a very tight budget, whereas. I mean, Steve Parrish was very open in saying that, you know, George Burley didn't use what was what was uh, on offer to him. That mm. there was, you know, not not a massive budget, but significant enough to rebuild the squad. Yeah. And I, th- I think uh, we've all seen Dougie trying. He's had players in on trial, but ultimately it's results business. Do you think, but I, just I mean, don't think he's got the I don't think he's got the budget behind him that necessarily George Burley had. Do you think that there's there's a case that um. I, I I think if you if you think back to Player of the Year sort of time and fans forum sort of time, there was discussion that uh, what the hell's going on there? Oh, Nick, Nick, you're making Who are you noises. strangling. <laughs> no, He's there in a riot. Was, there was a discussion over uh, the fact that we were. I think basically what was said to a few people and and quite openly was that we will be um, we will be uh, letting a couple of players go to build the team was the gist of it you know don't you might find us selling some players and you might be annoyed by it but don't it's for the good of the team that was effectively what was said do you think perhaps that that because that hasn't happened that we've sort of basically found ourselves in this position where didn't get the offers for the players we thought we were going to do i would speculate say let's say maybe klein maybe ambrose someone those sort of zaha we thought that these players were going to go uh, the, the offers didn't materialise, or at least the offers weren't good enough. So we're now in this position where the budget available to Dougie was a lot less than he was actually expecting. And oh, I'm Chris, yeah, I'm, go on, go on, Mark. Uh, all I was going to say is, uh, with a, a fit a fit side on paper, I think that that we have enough this season, you know. Um, but what I find extraordinary is that Burley played very attacking football and was a very good defender in his own his own uh, time at Ipswich Doogie was a was a great striker and is playing really defensive football it's like the complete reverse and uh, I don't understand how somebody who who was such a good forward and enjoyed uh, that aspect of the game so much uh, it's just bizarre. I just think it's it's like reversals. Like Burley, as I said, was a defender, was attacking-minded, and Doogie doesn't seem to be that that um, mindset. Think, yeah, he was a striker to, himself. Think back to Peter Taylor's time in charge of us. It was a similar sort of thing. You know, the kind of fear of losing overtook the um, the uh, you know the sort of will to win. Uh, okay, before we before we end, I'm just going to give Nick a chance to. Say his last bit. No, lots of um, lots of um, people saying Dougie this, Dougie that, but he, he said himself he's he's got Lenny Lawrence in to help him. Nobody's mentioned Lenny Lawrence in all of this. Yeah, you know, and I think he's 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 got his part to play. He's really experienced. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you know, where, where's he in all of this? It's a, it's a good point. I don't. I mean, obviously. Uh, Dougie's sort of mentioned before that Lenny's, Lenny was a man of few words. He wasn't a man of few words at the fans forum, but I think generally speaking, he says that what what he does say is worth listening to, kind of thing. So what Dougie said, and I think, I think this is probably the time where Dougie's going to have to lean on him um, because oh, we're we're one game in. Let's not overdo it, but but certainly when you're playing a side like Peter, with all the due respect to them, you know, they've just come into this division. 
you know they didn't they didn't win that league at Cantor. They scored a lot of goals, but then they've lost some key players. You know, uh, we we should have been able to to put our style of play onto them rather than letting them come to us. And, and we should have had an answer to their play in the second half. So um, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's probably a, a good away place to to leave it as any. It's a little bit downbeat, um, but I think we've certainly. Um, well, there's a, there's a game tomorrow with any luck if the entire of Croydon is not on fire. Um, Mikey's just written to me one final plea. Can I can I make this plea? Yeah. Actually, no. I think I think we should let Nick make this plea. Okay, Nick. Lewis, um, wherever you are, please, please. I hope you're all right. Chat room is empty without you. And the playing actually. Please, please, let's know you're safe. That's a, it's a very moving moment. I don't know why you're laughing, Mark. It's a, it's a serious matter. Mark's, I was, uh, kidnapped him. Mark's kidnapped Lewis On that note, on that heartfelt yeah. plea... For, Lewis for Lewis was got alive. That's why he's not... Anyway, listen, that, that's all that's over and done with. Thanks to everyone who contributed. Thanks to everyone who listened. Uh, and do download the podcast if you missed any of that hilarity. Um, next week, Mark interviews Rob Quinn. Uh, if you remember, he played for Palace between 95 and 98. He's been uh, an academy coach at Welling, and I believe he's recently got a job uh, coaching some of the youngsters at Palace as well. So we'll be talking to him uh, about his time at the club uh, and what went on uh, behind the scenes and what he's up to now. And that will uh, hopefully that will be... Of interest to you, and uh, at some point we'll be rearranging uh, Quade Taylor's interview that was uh, was due to, for today as well, and uh, but we got a little bit overrun. So that's um, yeah. Thanks to everyone, and we'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.